0: Hey, this is Rochelle, community producer here at Self Evident. Before you listen to today's episode, I want to ask for your help. Please pause and head over to selfevidentshow.com participate, where you can take our listener survey. It only takes a few minutes, it's anonymous, and knowing more about you will really help us as we do everything we can to keep this all going. Every voice counts. So I hope you can pitch in today by going to selfevidencesshow.com slash participate. Enjoy the show. Back in the before times, I would walk by this little bakery on my way to work. And nine times out of ten, I failed to convince myself to not go in and ask the person behind the counter for the exact same thing, a plain croissant. I would wait until I was inside my office to take that first bite, you know, the one that crackles the whole thing apart with this confetti of buttery shards, and I would wet my finger and obsessively try to pick up each one of those little golden flecks on top of the paper bag. And then I would say hi to my coworkers and go to a meeting and, you know, start my day. This pandemic keeps reminding me just how important it is to have that communal space, And how going through these little rituals with other people feels like an anchor, whether you know them or not. So today, I'm passing the mic to our friend and producer, Erica Moo. Back in the summer of 2014, after moving back to the Southern California town she grew up in, Erica found herself wandering around San Gabriel Square. It's a mall. A big, sprawling landscape of mostly Chinese businesses in one of the most East Asian cities in America. But, you know, still a mall where people meet up and have lunch and shop. But instead of shopping, she spent the day listening to the stories all around her. From dim sum diners, shop owners, security guards, kids, all night partiers. And she's sharing those stories because right now they've taken on a new meaning. Just so you know, there's a tiny bit of swearing in this story. Here's Erica. 10
1: a.m. at Five Star Seafood Restaurant is not for the weak or hungover. It's bright, loud, and crowded. This morning, the Chang brothers, Steve and Udor, are here for a family ritual. Saturday dim sum with a side of arguing. This morning's argument is about Eudor's broken garage door.
2: How come you didn't tell me? I'm not going to bother you for that. I'm going to have my friend do it for like 200 bucks. Are you kidding? The parts alone cost you like three, 400 bucks.
1: Steve wants to be helpful, but he also wants to be right.
2: You can call me just to get information.
1: Which annoys Udor.
2: Well, you're busy. I don't want to bug you.
1: It's a whole dance the brothers have clearly done before.
2: See, I hate bugging him, too, because every time I would call him, it would be, uh, what do you, what do you want this time? So I avoid doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, because every time you call me is when something goes wrong. That's right, see, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I avoid doing that.
1: As Udor argues, his wife Pam walks around the restaurant, openly staring at the food on other tables, eavesdropping on other people's arguments. For Pam, dim sum is more than just food. It's entertainment.
3: Refight <laughs> and Agile! <laughs>
1: I found myself at dim sum with Steve, Udor, and Pam not long after I'd moved back to LA. It was a time of big changes that I couldn't undo. A job I once loved had become a job I could no longer stand. So I fled the scene fled right back into my parents' house, 300 miles away. I started working in an after-school program for cash. I volunteered entire days at the local aquarium. I ate a lot of burritos. And at the time when I felt so lost, what I really wanted was to connect with something real and grounded. Feel sure about how it would all turn out. I found myself grabbing my tape recorder and driving to the most grounded place I could think of. The mall. San Gabriel Square is extremely popular. There's jewelry stores, department stores, herbal shops, travel agencies, nail salons, tons of restaurants. It's busy. So people on Yelp have one glaring complaint. The parking. I swear to God, there hasn't been a single time I haven't wanted to get out of the car and fight a motherfucker.
0: I take three Xanaxes before attempting to enter this plaza.
2: The parking attendant today was very ruthless and heartless.
1: That parking attendant is probably this guy, Umberto Chong. I know I thing is, a good person or a bad person. He takes his job super seriously. And when it comes to parking attendant rules of etiquette, that means take no sides.
0: My job here in the place is not to argue with anybody, only to observe and report. That's my job.
1: Umberto is actually the head security guard here, a nice guy trying to keep the peace across 12 acres of outdoor mall. Mostly, he rides around in a golf cart, chatting with the regulars and bringing donuts to the old ladies exercising in the parking lot. And of course, he monitors the cars. Employees,
0: employees, employees. customers, customers. This is a customer. She's living right here in the neighborhood.
1: Today, Umberto is reporting to John Wong, one of the two mall managers. John's office is upstairs on the second floor, with a clear view of the San Gabriel Mountains and the parking lot. Yeah, <laughs> yes, so
2: sometimes a uh, few. P- People are trying to look for a parking spot. There, they fight each other.
1: (laughs) Most of John's job is to make sure the mall is running. Lights are humming. Air conditioners are blowing. Escalators are moving. Building management stuff. But then, there's the people management part. Like two days ago, the employees of the arts and crafts store on the first floor found a bunch of business cards on their counters. Business cards from the jewelry store on the third floor. They thought it was a power move. So they called the jewelry store. Hey, you, you send some people, send a business card here? Said, no, no, we didn't do anything. <laughs> That's why then we found this guy. This guy had already struck last week in another business card related act of mischief. So John knew who the culprit was. But this time, John followed the guy, trailing him like a PI.
2: I followed him and he walked into a dentist. And- Come out, I say, what are you doing? And from his jacket, he, he pulled out a bunch of the business car, put on the bench. I said, where are you from? He said, I'm from China.
1: <laughs> John tells me other stories about the characters who pass through the mall. Early in the morning, I meet one myself. He's showing me the dinosaur bones he sells from his van.
0: But You can see it's not bone anymore, it's a stone. It's like petrified wood. That's 20 million years old.
1: The dinosaur guy is actually at the mall to stock up on tea, which Travis Chen happens to be selling at a small stand nearby.
2: Good for liver, good for stomach, uh, low or high blood
1: pressure. Today you get a free gift with purchase, Travis says. He's also handing out free samples. It's a lot of hard work.
2: He don't trust me
1: sometimes. (laughs) Why not? It's
2: a new product. It's on sale in America for two years, not too long.
1: (laughs) How many um, have you sold today? Uh, One (laughs) teabag. One (laughs) teabag. Yeah. It takes approximately zero minutes to figure out that love loves them all, even in the early morning hours. Most stores are just opening when I run into Xiao Yuan and Xiao Hua Lu, holding hands and giggling. They're getting married next week. Do you have like a something to show for it? Do you have a ring? Mm, no, no, no.
0: Actually, yeah, what what we, we plan today. to buy today. <laughs> yeah.
1: Jeremiah Krieger is also getting married next week. Breakfast at the mall is phase one of his bachelor party.
2: We're not going to a strip club. That's the official story. And, um, yeah.
1: Kevin Mariano and Jason Cook are still riding the high of new love.
2: We met at a club in West Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Friday's <is> Asian night.
1: <laughs> so it's called Game Boy.
2: <laughs> I was drunk. <laughs> <I'm> still drunk. <laughs> we were on the dance floor and I saw him and he waved at me. And we started dancing.
1: <laughs> Shirley Wong and Sally Huang are still looking. They were actually here at the mall late last night for a pre-party snack. Now, they're back for breakfast and gossip.
0: Actually, we do not sleep. sleep all night. Because uh, um, it's her party last night, Yeah, it's too late. Do you
1: guys uh, meet any boys?
0: Oh, yeah, actually no.
2: we want, but we we, want. we don't. No cute boy, no cute <laughs> guy. Just that we don't have confidence to <laughs> well, uh, ask a boy's uh, number. <laughs>
1: It's not just customers like Shirley and Sally who seem to live at the mall. Most of the mall's tenants are here almost every day. Like Damon Liu, the owner of Sing Sing Jewelry, a jewelry counter in the main department store. Damon's parents opened Sing Sing when Damon was a kid, so he kind of knows everybody on the jewelry floor. And there's no one he knows better than Amy. So you guys have known each other for 12 years? I think so. Yes. <laughs> You really, you probably see each other more than like your partners, your husband's wife. No, No,
2: because when she worked here, she doesn't really work before.
0: Oh my God, what are you talking about? (laughs) I'm always here. I'm always here. I'm always here.
1: Amy works at the counter across from Damon. They're close. Literally, their counters are like five feet apart. They're the only young ones on a floor where all the other retailers appear to be in their 70s. Which helps to explain how their relationship evolved from workplace colleagues to meddling besties. A few years ago, Amy was standing right here, complaining about being single. So, Damon stepped in.
2: I had two, two choices. I had two friends that were single.
0: Yeah. So
2: I just asked her, if she want a doctor or a restaurant?
0: Open. And so I only had three questions for him, and that's it.
1: What were the questions?
0: The first question is He's taller. No, 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 no. First question is who's older. Oh yeah. Okay. And and he said, okay, the restaurant guy is older. The second question is, who can speak Chinese? The third question is who is taller, the restaurant guy. Okay, I said, okay, I'll date the restaurant restaurant guy first. You That's didn't it. even see him. No.
1: Damon called the restaurant guy right away, and he came straight to the mall.
0: That's it. I don't know. After
2: that, I didn't know anything. After (laughs) that, I didn't know anything. And then after that, getting married. I was like, oh, okay.
0: What about getting married? That's the. Huh? That's two years later.
2: Yeah, but still.
0: Then you know we start going out. Started going out,
2: but like I didn't know anything was that serious. Oh, okay. Yeah,
0: that's fate.
2: Huh? Yeah. What do you say, fake or fate? Oh, yeah.
1: It's around 2 o'clock in the afternoon when I find a young man and woman sitting on a bench. But they don't look happy. Tiffany Wong and her cousin look bored out of their minds. They're waiting for their moms, who are upstairs, still having dim sum.
3: This is my third day of dim sum, so I'm pretty tired of dim sum at this point. Why did you have three days of dim sum? My mother. She goes, oh, you're going to Chinatown anyways, so... Enjoy dim sum. I'm like, oh, again? And then today, I wasn't even expecting to come to dim sum. She goes, okay. I wake up at 8 o'clock. She goes, oh, good, you're up. We're going now. I'm like, where are we going? She goes, you'll see. And she goes, we're going to the bank first. And then she brought me to dim
1: sum. You look so upset about that. You can only
3: have so much dim sum before you're sick of it. Before you're sick of it. Completely
1: over by the boba shop, I find another 20 something with a parent problem. Yun Peng Zhang sits with an enormous book open in front of him. He tells me he's studying for the military, Air Force, the like American Air Force.
2: Yeah, it's really hard. If there is a question like 10 words, eight words that have never been seen it before. Yeah, it's crazy.
1: Yunpeng says that he's in the US on what sounds like an EB-5 visa, which is a visa that, at the time we had this conversation, came with a $500,000 investment in an American business. So it's not really clear why he's doing this. I mean, why why do you want to do that? Why do you want to be in the Air Force? I have no idea
2: to be individual, like to get the experience of it, of my life, and get away from my parents.
1: Yunpeng calculates that he just needs to learn 80 new words per day for the next 20 days to make it through the test. Just 1,600 words between him and adulthood. Throughout the day, trucks pull into the back of the mall to make deliveries. One guy is running to his truck. When he sees a microphone, he pauses and pulls out a harmonica. Over at one of the fountains, custodians Patrick and Danny foist a long pole into the turquoise water. What's the weirdest thing you've ever found in a fountain?
0: Mm, I have one time, they put a turtle, turtle.
1: (laughs) Was it alive? No, it's a
0: chemical, no, cannot leave it here.
1: Plaza manager John's running around the place, shooing some kids away from a broken electrical outlet. Excuse me, hello, hello. Don't move it. One side Kids are everywhere at the mall. Parents bring them to shop and they raise them here too. Upstairs at Dong Ting Chun, a Hunan restaurant, Neil Zhao is helping his parents trim green beans while they watch TV. They've owned the restaurant for about 10 years. Right now it's mid-afternoon, the place is mostly empty. It has a kind of worn-in and worn-out feel.
2: So you know you can call us like kind of like the sophomore, junior-ish in the middle tier, where we have like the capital seafood being like the most senior one, like and super seniors if you say yeah.
1: So you're like, oh man, they're like the cool kids.
2: Yeah, they are the biggest restaurants. You know, like we have customers sometimes coming in door and asking us, oh, where's Capital Seafood? And we're like, oh, well, down, down there, you know, this is not Capital Seafood.
1: That kind of sucks. Uh,
2: like, you see that every day. You, know, you get used to it.
3: A few doors
1: down from Dongtingchun is a small fluorescent-lit office. An eight-year-old kid looks at his Nintendo Switch while I ask him some questions.
0: Where are we right now? Uh... You don't know
1: where we are?
2: In a room.
1: In a room? Do you know what this place is called? Ben Travel ISC? That's Ben Travel Incorporated, as in the kid's dad, Ben Huang. He specializes in trips from China to the U.S. and vice versa. When he gets off the phone, he introduces his kids.
3: Yeah, uh, Jerry, my second boy, yeah.
1: Okay, and your oldest son, where is he? Tom. Is he here? Did you just say Tom and Jerry? Yes. Like the cartoon?
3: Yeah. My my wife liked Tom and Jerry,
1: so he gave the name Tom and Jerry as the extra name. Ben's family spends a lot of time together. Ben's wife also works at the office, and the storefront kind of doubles as daycare for their kids. The family spends even more time together when they travel, which happens about twice a year.
0: Where do your kids want to go? Uh,
3: Ocean, beach. Like Hawaii, like uh, Yellowstone, yeah, and they don't, they don't like over China.
1: Is that a little bit sad for you?
3: Mm, a little, yeah, because they're Chinese. <laughs> are you Chinese?
1: I am. I am. I was born here as well. I've never been to China, not because I don't never. want to, but because uh, I don't know. My parents just never. Asked. (laughs) I don't know why.
3: You can go by yourself.
1: I can go by myself. This job doesn't pay very well. (laughs) Um, I'm caught off guard when Ben turns the questions on myself. In an instant, I'm a child again, stumbling over answers about who I am and how I fit in, even here at the mall, especially here at the mall. When I was a kid, Five Star Seafood was called Capital Seafood and San Gabriel Square was called Focus Plaza. On the rare night out, my tired parents would take my brother and me to Sam Wu Barbecue on the first floor. I'd stare at the roast ducks hanging in the window with equal parts hunger and horror until our number was called. My brother would then taunt me with chopsticks or the desiccated head of the roast duck and I would space out. The sound of Mandarin, Cantonese, and Taiwanese floating all around me, each distinct but all inaccessible. As I got older, going to Hollywood with friends seemed more appealing than going to Sam Wu with family. When it was time for college, I moved away. The mall faded from my memory. I never expected to come back home, but my feelings about what I wanted in life were changing. And it occurs to me that I'm trying to figure out what others are doing here at the mall because I'm not really sure what I'm doing here. Maybe if someone else lets me in, even for a brief moment, I'll be pulled out of my own directionless storyline. But soon it's clear. I'm not the only one who's struggling to make sense of this moment and get to the next one. As evening falls, I head to a newer mall across town, Atlantic Times Square. And I find Stephen sitting by himself on a bench, staring into the absurdly bright lights of Daiso, the Japanese dollar store. He just got a call from his ex-girlfriend totally out of the blue.
2: Oh gosh, this is kind of embarrassing. All right. My heart did kind of drop. I mean, it's not the kind of phone call you expect.
1: Was there like texting involved?
2: No, just (laughs) just a phone call and the other person saying, guess who? (laughs) Um, And of course it kind of brings up everything that's that you've ever kind of like tried to move past, it kind of just kind of bubbles back to the surface, you know? You're kind of wondering in the back of your mind, why is she calling? Like, what, what's going to happen from here? What should I say? Like, can they feel how shaky your voice is right now? Can they sense like what you're feeling? Is it awkward? Should it be awkward? And all this kind of like goes through your head in like, like a split second. You know, when this person, as soon as this person says, guess who? So it's just, oh yeah.
1: Did you save her number?
2: <sighs> I, if I see her number again, I'm going to recognize it for another like two or three weeks or so until like the number kind of fades from my memory again. But no, I didn't actually save her number.
1: Around 10 p.m., Paul Chan and Winnie Lou are sitting outside the mall's movie theater, eating sticky rice with mango. Paul and Winnie didn't plan on having a kid, especially not two of them. Sometimes he gets frustrated.
3: Like, but I'll tell really you, bad. one of the little things we tell our kids, sometimes we threaten them. I was like, if you, if you, if you don't behave, we're going to get on a plane and go to China. We're going to get off the plane and I'm, I'm going to hit you. Yeah, I'm going to beat the crap out of you in the airport and nobody's going to help you. Everyone's going to look at you and be like, yeah, that kid deserves it. You know, because, you know, you can't do that in America. You know, like you, we start raising our voice in South Pasadena and we got parents dialing 911 ready to hit set.
1: Paul knows how this sounds, but he jokes about keeping his kids in line because growing up, he did a lot of drugs, barely got his GED. His parents weren't on board and let him know it. So as a newish dad, he's trying something different.
3: One thing that we do with our kids is we tell them we love them a lot. You know, I love you, Wesley. Good night, Wesley. I love you, Parker. Good night. You know, like, Like, I don't mean to be a bummer, but like uh, my cousin, one of my cousins that passed away about, I don't know, 10 years ago or something, I just remember at his funeral, my uncle, his dad said something like, yeah, in Chinese tradition, we're kind of taught to be like really like emotionally reserved all the time. And basically my uncle was saying that he, he regretted that he never told his son that he loved him. choked me up. I was like, oh, I never want that <clears throat> to happen to me. Yeah. It's cool.
2: <laughs> it's
3: okay. cool. No, it's, <clears throat> it's it's cool. It's just, uh, yeah, I tell him every day.
1: Another guy at the mall, Patrick Lay, is also doing things differently. A few years ago he found himself at a turning point.
2: I went to the hospital.
1: <laughs> uh basically
2: I was addicted to soda, so like I was like 19 or 20, so I was kinda stupid and dumb.
1: <laughs> Patrick's blood sugar levels landed him in the hospital. And then his grandfather landed there too and passed away. Now Patrick's a gym rat, working out on weekend nights at the twenty-four hour fitness. And then there are other folks who aren't here to work out or to work things out. For John Chen and Mark Wong, the night still has potential. What are you guys doing tonight? Night Party. Where?
2: It's sacred. Karaoke. Karaoke, like the KTV.
1: Karaoke. All right, so are there going to be, like, girls there tonight?
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, girls.
1: Like girls you're like interested in? Yeah, yeah. a lot of girls are interested. So it could be an amazing night. It will be. I think back to the party girls from the morning who hadn't slept and hope that they'll meet up with John and Mark. That some cosmic thread might pull together the loose ends of our time at the mall. But as I replay these moments... I know there is no tidy ending that the mall is for being in the moment in the middle of the story and that's okay when we're all in the middle it means none of us are really alone sometime early in the pandemic i went back to san gabriel square it was mid-afternoon parking lot was quiet, a security guard rode around in a golf cart. I couldn't tell if it was Umberto. The guard was wearing a mask. And I didn't get out of the car. For a brief, blissful moment, I imagined the familiar, the ordinary. And here it was, changed, but still standing. And so am I.
0: This episode was produced and written by Erica Moo with help from Rebecca Canther and Paulina Hartono. Leslie Chang
1: and Alyssa Kathnick Samuel helped me out with recordings at the mall. The story was edited by Liz Mack and George Lavender gave me some really valuable feedback
0: along the way. Final edits were made by James Boo and Julia Shu. Sound mixed by Timothy Louie. Music by Poddington Bear, soundofpicture.com. And our theme music is by Dorian Love.
1: This story was made with support from the California Council for the Humanities, the Third Coast International Audio Festival and Radio Residency, mentorship from Martina Castro at the Association of Independence in Radio, and fiscal sponsorship from Visual Communications, developing and supporting the voices of Asian American and Pacific Islander filmmakers and media
0: artists. Self-Evident is a Studio to Be production made with support from our listeners. If you want to support our mission and make our work more sustainable, please become an official member at patreon.com/slash self-evident show. I've really enjoyed meeting members on our monthly video chats, so hopefully I'll see you there too. I'm Kathy Airway. Let's talk soon. Until then, keep on sharing Asian America stories.